0: Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris Forte and John Moises.
1: I'm John Moises. That is Chris Forte. Live brave. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast, live in the studio in Birmingham, Michigan. Hello, Humble Warriors. So what's happening?
2: I don't know. What's happening with you, my man? It's hot. I'm, it I'm
1: perspiring a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I think it's in the 80s. We got all the windows open here, no AC right now. Okay. Is it too hot? Is it too hot in here? No, it's good. It's fine.
1: I think it'll be good because uh, we'll get some fresh air and some- Yeah, it's beautiful out. Natural background noise.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's a lot of windows in this place, so this place heats up. I don't know if you know, like if you look in there in my kitchen, it's just sun coming down everywhere.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see what happens as the summer goes on. Yeah. Um, later on today, we've got a special guest, Martha Blessing mm-hmm. will be on the show and we'll talk to her. She's an author, speaker, medium and medical intuitive. So we'll hear more from her later. Uh, I want to thank everybody for subscribing to the humble warrior podcast on iTunes, following us on Twitter at the warrior pod and liking the humble warrior podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So I just got your blog post. Yeah. And, uh, I actually... Put it up on the server, but I haven't published it yet. Okay. Um, but I think it's a good topic to talk about today. Great. You kind of talked about uh, failure, mm-hmm. and as we were talking before the show, we we're talking about fear and failure and how they relate. Hmm. So I think that's a great topic for today. Um, where do you want to start on that?
2: Yeah, because I mean, how to start is. I- I've heard the term in the past, fear of failure, yeah, have you like you yeah, know, absolutely, some people will go into it sometimes with athletes, I've heard it, you know it's a fear of failure that I strive to be the best, right it would be kind of like one terminology, okay, um, but I was reading I've been reading this book, and what's the book? I think it's. I think it's called The War. I don't want to say it's called The War. That puts you on the spot. (laughs) Yeah. Could I go get the title real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Hold on.
1: Okay. Okay, so you got the book.
2: Yep. It's called The War of Art by Steven Pressfield. Okay. And the subtitle is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. Okay. And the whole book, well, at least up to what I've read, I've read, you know, uh, maybe almost half of it, is about resistance. And, and how we resistance is actually the biggest thing in our way and in one of these and their short chapters but and, and anyway, one of these chapters he's saying fear is good. and I kind of agreed with it, but I went a step further and it's really understanding fear, which is good. okay? And so it inspired me to write this blog as I kind of put failures and fe- fear together. And you know, since I've moved here, you know, it's been one big failure after another for myself. <laughs> since you moved and to I, Michigan, yeah, the, the Birmingham area
1: to Birmingham. Okay,
2: yeah. So I've been. I'm um, glad I can laugh about it, but you know, it's been three startups mm-hmm. that, in all intents and purposes, you could say were a failure. And well, a,
1: let's start, let, let's take a step back. How do you get define that? What is good. what? Why is it a failure? Okay.
2: Well. There's a couple, so I put every failure is a lesson to be learned from. So you sure. could also say they're mistakes. Does that okay, make sense. Yeah. But to understand failure could also be adversity, and is purposeful so one can grow. So okay. am I So am I answering? Am I helping you answer these questions? Why? I like I believe these businesses failed for reasons. Sure, but what? So
1: what? For, what was the actual failure? Did it? Did it just go out of business? Yeah. Did you? Okay. So,
2: so the, let's let's let, let's do the three of them yeah. real quick. So the first one was um, a model where we would buy homes from people so they can move up and buy homes from builders. So you know my brother-in-law Josh, he moved out here. We built, we put so, a financial model all together. It's when the market was good. It was yep. two thousand five, two thousand six, and we're like. Okay, if we can buy homes at 90% appraised value, and with the fees we would earn from the builder, we would buy these houses for $0.70 on the dollar, and then we can sell them real quickly from 80 to $0.85 on the dollar. Okay, so So that was the model.
1: So you invested in real estate? Yeah,
2: invested in real estate in this model. Okay. And then- and Two years later, the market crashed. Okay, so and bad we, timing. Bad timing. Right. Uh, in right. any other
1: market condition, it might have worked.
2: And, and, it, and all intents and purposes, it was working. I okay. mean, We were a couple of years in. we had, We had a we had a uh, financial investor. Okay. And we were lo- uh, looking at doing a deal with Pulte, with the national builder. Okay.
1: So. And uh, then. That failed because of the market conditions and just the current state.
2: Well, and that's we'll get back to my blog, but okay. I could I could say that to okay. make myself feel good. Well, let's just,
1: let's just, that's yes. black and white. That's what happened yes. in, the, in the business. Yes. Okay.
2: Yep. Well, it's the second and one. And then the second one, you know, was Gateway Loan Review. Yep. So from there, that developed into a software that, you know, Josh and I co-created because we saw as we were doing all these properties that we had to relinquish, that we had to put all these short sales packages together sure so
1: the market crashed and then you're like hey let's take advantage of this crash because people are short selling their homes
2: well we didn't look at it that we just thought uh, we we came up with a solution to a problem because we would send these packages off these 80 90 page documents and then the bank said we lost a page you can't process it and what have you so we said what if we could design a software that does it for you right and not only that before we went into this we did due diligence. We talked to a lot of loss mitigators. We talked to people at banks. Okay. And then we had actually um, a well-known person in the industry that can get us in the big banks, starting with Bank of America. Okay. And so we said, okay, let's do it. We'll invest in the technology. We'll get it out there. And we did it. And then we brought it to banks and none of the banks wanted it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because, you know, and that was a learning lesson because we didn't really understand too much of the contracts between the investor and a mortgage servicer, and how that worked, okay. and really the banks weren't, or whoever you want to point the finger at, wasn't incentive. There was no incentive to get these short sales done.
1: Got it. So you built a software to solve a problem for the banks, but it was a problem the banks didn't want solved. Yes. Okay. Yep. What's next?
2: So then the next one, which you, were, uh, I think I know what's next. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were part of a little bit of part of the Gateway Loan Review, but then the next one was own the key mm-hmm. and this is what's interesting so as gateway the loan review is been closing down and now keep keep in mind this is like five years have gone by and i've gone from business to business and i'm investing a lot of money mm-hmm. my own money from the transaction of the sale of my company in chicago mm-hmm. and i haven't brought any money in for five years okay so you know that that could take a, a toll on you you know just sure you're living your, off
1: s- off your, self-mora- your
2: self-morale like yeah dude i'm going from one to the next to the next and then your good buddy, Chris, goes, I got a guy you need to meet. And you know Matthew. We don't yep. have to get into details of everybody's names. Right. But then we said, you know, based on all this experience, let's do. Let's do because in the market conditions and people's credit, we're, we're not good. Let's put a program together that's not credit repair. Let's work with people where we can help them. Fix their credit. Fix their credit. To give them some house. education to buy a home. Yep. And then that didn't work. And then that didn't work. <laughs> and we did that for two, two, you know, two, two and a half years. A lot of money invested. A lot of time. And that might have worked. That way. Exactly. Now that might have worked. We ran out of money. Well, we ran out of money and I had personal stuff going on. So it was like that the was double true. whammy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think that's when the rubber met the road. When those two things came together and said, Chris, it's time to look at your life. Okay. So all these failures, these three, and you could and probably say the biggest one plus the marriage, marriage, yeah, you know, yeah, made me really look within, and this has been a process of not of overcoming the of of blaming or pointing fingers or saying all this, but truly believe I created this situation, and okay. so
1: accepting responsibility, accepting my this.
2: responsibility for all of it, okay, for all of it. And to your point, what can I learn from it? Because not it's just this eight years, it's our whole life, but the whole purpose of going back with all my journals and then writing, we'll say this first piece to the book to heal is to realize a lot of my life has been failures. Oh, what else? More failure. Well, if I mean, if we want to go back, L- was, we, we talked about Little League World Yes. It, start, <laughs> it starts there, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. It starts there. It starts there. And then it's going from, the, I mean, and I'm not talking, I want to stay outside the family stuff, but just my stuff. Yeah, then yeah. I go and then I start gambling heavily and think I'm gonna be a successful gambler and, okay, and get into debt. And get into debt and that doesn't work out. And right. up God's got me on my hands and knees that I almost yeah. you know, I was contemplating taking my life. Yeah. Another failure. <laughs> right? Right. Hey, you know what though?
1: There was one good failure there. Well the, all at these failures are good that's well, at least you failed in taking your own life.
2: Well, that's a good Because you didn't do it. Right, right. Oh, I, I had to fail more. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. Right, right. Okay, right. keep going. Yes, Bill, no, thank you. I just... Yes. I, and so then that, and then uh, obviously getting a job, turning my life around, um, starting a business. And then even when I was with my business partners, doing a business, making a lot of money, all intents and purposes, it was successful, but I wasn't happy.
1: It's successful from a monetary standpoint. From a monetary, yes. Yes. A self-satisfaction yes. standpoint. Okay.
2: So years of being miserable and trying to figure that out. So in a way, I can look at it as that was a failure. It wasn't a failure. I don't know. But it was just part of the whole self-disco- self-discovery process. Okay. Okay. And so it's just taking, you know, those, looking at those moments and there's a lot of little ones. It's like, you know, even like little ones, you know, you could put in there. But those are like the ones that really stick out. And that really inspired me is to look back and write this article, Fear of Failure, or is fear good or understanding fear, is that what makes me feel good is I'm keeping going. Like I'm not, I just know this. Yeah, are, you got to keep moving forward. And to learn from these and know this is a growth process, but also... I'll just say, in in my experience, it had to be all it it had to come to a head. Last well, 2014 with this third business going down, mm-hmm. with the other ones, my marriage going by the wayside. This eight years of just it was kind of like it you all, have to it, it all it, peaked. It, it all peaked, and okay. really for for one to really look in and really dissect. And really, John, what the process is, and kind of going off-tangent, why the first part of this book is so important for me is to let go of everything and release it all. Okay. It's like letting go in the past and really discovering one's true self. And that's what this writing has been. This, this writing exercise, and maybe you, you know, you're, you've been the closest guy to me you know, during this process, but the writings have changed since mm. we started this back you sure. know, when we said we're going to start this. I've seen that. Yeah. You know, that, sure. where they've all been like stuff in the past, overcome this, did that. This is how I'm feeling where I'm ready to say, bye bye. Bye bye to this guy. And, and I'm very grateful for all the experiences, but just know that all these experiences are purposeful. And it's like what you and I talked about is one needs to make the change. And what can happen is, as I can look back and say, Oh, Man, failed at this business, this relationship. You know, yeah. And 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 dwell on it, but there's no time for dwelling. So, am I making sense? Yeah. So tangent? no, no. So you've you've gone through this
1: whole re- in the past few months, and as all this stuff has peaked, and you've been doing your spiritual work, and you've been reflecting, you've realized you've had these consecutive failures. Yep. And the feelings that go along with that. And now you've recognized that, hey, these failures have brought me to this point and I have to continue moving forward, right? Right. Um, wh- what about the fear? How did the fear come well, into play?
2: Well, and the fear is still there. And so, oh, oh. Yeah. So it's You got un- some fear. Oh, I got some fear. Okay, let's talk about it. Well, you and I know, you know I've got fear, buddy. I mean, it's fear doing this whole program that we're doing, <laughs> It's But it's understanding the fear and then letting it go. So fear does exist. But the one thing that trumps fear, I know we talked love over fear, but I want to put love in a second because the, the individual down to a core is faith. Faith, you know, faith in oneself, let's say, or however you want to put it. Fear is not the strongest thought or emotion, right? And... Well, it's and a fear. natural.
1: Let's talk about it, though. Let's talk about fear a little bit more. Okay. Because fear, I believe, it's, a natu- it's instinctual, mm-hmm. right? We have, as humans, we have a natural fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So we respond in three ways in almost every situation. It's my, and this, this comes from my martial arts training. Right. You either run, right. which is flight, you put your hands up and you fight, or you freeze, and you don't do anything, which that, is probably the worst that's outcome. That's probably
2: the worst. That's the worst outcome. That's the worst. And that's kind of what I've learned, too, is one could even call that indecision, mm-hmm. You know, uh, procrastination. I mean, there's a lot of different Sure, because like you're resistance. frozen. You don't know yeah, what to you do. You have right. all
1: these thoughts. Right. You just, you're, you're stuck.
2: Right. And that
1: happens, I think, it's happened to me plenty of times in life. It's happened to me sparring with people. It's happened to me in... Business and relationships and everything, because you get to this point, you're like, "What am I supposed to do?" And you're you're almost paralyzed by that fear. Yep. So, part of it is to not is to figure out how to go to fight or flight too. Right. Right. Yep. Because sometimes, sometimes it's good to just make some space, run away, move. Right. You know, it's healthy. It's healthy. Sometimes you have to fight through it,
2: and they kind of go hand in hand. I think. In a way, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. run from it and fight, you know. Could oh, be, sure. It could be over the same thing, you know. Right. You know. And um, so, you know, you've been down with me on this path. And, you know, I put this intention list that goes back to December 25th, 2014. It said, we're going to do these things. You and I are going to do this podcast, do the website with blog. And I've learned, on the previous podcast, we learned, I've learned that... um doing the proposal was not was part of the process mm-hmm. but that could have stopped me right there you know well another, another failure another not right i didn't win the contest <laughs> right that's the, i'm writing about that right now in the book okay not, not only that but i didn't win the speak right promote right and i got up and spoke and i got a standing ovation i thought i would be one, one of the three chosen <laughs> for coaching with these guys and learning this business but, no, I didn't get chosen there. Man, you are full of failures. Full of failures. You, you got this everywhere. Oh, it's like, dude, I'm in the ring and I'm getting knocked around. and But I'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger because I'm recognizing I'm under standing fear Yep. that failure failures are good. What I, I mean, that's why I read such inspiring books because, you know, if you – I was telling you, I was reading this book right now by uh, Napoleon Hill, and he goes, you know, back in the '30s, he's interviewing right. the most successful men, right, in our country, and he's saying, don't talk to them about their successes, talk to them about their failures, sure, because they would not have gotten to where they've gotten to if they hadn't failed, because that's that's how that's, that's only how it makes you. It's the only way to learn.
1: It's the only way to learn. The only way to learn is to. Not be able to do it or, or Or, let me take it back. It's to do it and not succeed. Right. You learn the most. I believe you learn more when you don't succeed and then you, you do it again. Right. And you review and you say, I got to tweak this. I have to change this.
2: I can do it differently this time. And I think that's the message where I want to circle back for fear of failure. I guess go for it. And if you fail, failing is not a bad thing. It's part of the process. And to understand, I mean, you got to do your due diligence or whatever you're going to get into, whatever, business or relationship or whatever. But nothing's going to happen if you don't do anything, right?
1: Right. You don't want to freeze. That
2: freeze. And I think that's where the fear of failure comes in.
1: Right. So you don't want to let your emotions take control of your actions.
2: Correct. You want to acknowledge them like to your point and say, wow, okay, I have fear here. I understand this. And how I'm going to work through it is this way. Yeah. I'm going to take this one little step today or whatever well, I think whatever you all, it is.
1: I think the the other thing that's interesting about fear is that it can be very empowering. That that little nervousness feeling, the the scared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you can embrace it and harness it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then it becomes very powerful and and I I'll, I'll tell you a story. I used to play you know, I used to play in a band, mm-hmm. and we used to do all these shows in college towns. And we would, before every show, I would get super nervous. I'd be like, like to the point where I would, I would almost throw up.
2: And a lot of people would say that's good because if you're not nervous, like a lot of actors or right, well, that's what like I'm speakers, saying. Speakers, yeah, keep going. That's what I'm going to say. Is that right. is that nervousness?
1: It's almost like when you have that nervousness. If you can embrace it, yes, and, and say, "All right, this is great. This is this. I should feel a little bit nervous, right? I shouldn't be that comfortable because right. the nervousness brings you to a, I guess a, a higher level, yeah, and helps you perform better,
2: absolutely.
1: And and it's it's a very, I can't explain the feeling, but it's very satisfying once you you have that nervousness. Like I would literally, I, I and. I would prepare And prepare and prepare I'd have notes I'd go over things Over and over in my head About the show About the songs You were gonna play Everything And you know I'd be get I'd get jittery And nervous before the show And then as soon as That first Chord Note Is played And everything starts going You just You just have to go Yeah Especially when you're in a band You can't right. If you You can't stop If I make a mistake I gotta catch up And keep going Right I can't stop Right because any if anybody any musician knows that if you've played in a band anybody stops everything kind of everybody'll start to stop and the whole thing falls apart yep. you, you, it's almost better to keep playing mistakes until you get back to
2: right and what as you're far doing. as an audience member like myself I probably never even pick up on the mistake yeah it's, it's probably
1: not it's usually a lot bigger in your head than it right. is, than it actually is Right. and I think that's the other thing about fear it's very it's internal. powerful it's oh, internal, it's, too. Yes, yes.
2: You make things much bigger than they're, they're than exactly
1: yes. a lot bigger than they actually are.
2: And from what I'm learning, is most of it doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, to, tell me a extro- story. Give me or, an example where, like, the fear or maybe worry is maybe a better word. All right. Well, you've been there. worried about what that am, hasn't happened. Oh, what I'm worried about? Yeah. That has not happened yeah. up to date.
1: What give me a give me an example of a time. All right. that so,
2: I'll give you an example right now what I'm battling with. That hasn't happened, okay? Okay. Um, this is kind of like our hoop, I gotta Man, hoop, hoop dreams. dreams. I always got to come back to hoop dreams. Hoop dreams, you and hoop dreams. Okay. So,
1: who did that? We have to have those on those guys on the show, I guess. We okay.
2: should. Oh, yeah. If anybody knows those guys, <laughs> okay, I would love to going, go. Going, or one going. of them guys. Um, okay. So we're going down this path, right? Couple failures, knocking down, not getting the, yeah. you know, the the book deal. Yeah. I can stop. Actually, it's inspired me now to read. You know, to write the whole book. I'm yeah. halfway done with it. I want to be. You know, chugging away every spare moment I can. Just I know it has to be done. Um, us doing this podcast and just continuing. You know, doing the website with the blog, putting out there that this is what I love to do. One, two is it's almost like what I have to do, so for myself to stay awake, mm-hmm. you know, and not go back to the life that I've let go okay, and putting out there, how can I make a living by keeping my spiritual fitness practice daily practice and incorporate that in my life so I could, you know, support, you know, and it comes back to like support my girls, my family, et cetera. Now the fear could be in is okay. Nothing's coming in. I'm going to be in the streets. I'm going to be homeless.
1: <laughs> this is your real fear.
2: No, it's not. But that—I mean—that—that's—I guess what I'm getting.
1: What's your real fear? What's your real what? What?
2: Give me well, an example real of, of the, the, the you're biggest f- afraid of or worried uh, about poverty. Okay, you're afraid of being poor, right? And I am poor. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I feel poor right now. Let's okay, say. you feel. I poor. feel poor. I'm not poor. That's number one. But I feel poor, and I feel poor because of the beating that's been taken that I've been taking the last eight, nine years. I have not made money. I've tried things. I've invested yeah. okay. in things.
1: So you made a bit, bunch of money, and since then, you've just been spending it yeah, I, for the past nine years.
2: Right. I don't like to use that term. Well, but I've been spent, mean, but Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But what a gift that I had that. And so that's, the, you know, to, to get to this place. And John, that's what I've had to look back and say, I've been in worse situations than I am now. Mm-hmm. And it's always worked out. And it's something that I haven't been able to control. It may come out of left field or what have you. But truly believe that what we talk about here in spirituality or whatever one's belief system, universe and God has your back. Because when I did go back to the workplace, and I'm writing about this, when I did go back to the workplace and got a job as a, you know, a, let's say an enterprise sales executive. I was making good money, okay. but I couldn't be with my kids the way I wanted to. But more importantly, I couldn't keep up my spiritual fitness practice, which is at the core.
1: Well, I think that's one of the hardest it, things for right. everybody to do. Well, is to would, balance. And,
2: well, and yes, the work, like the the yes.
1: every day, how am I going to make money, make a living, with how am I going to
2: well, and can feed I get, my soul? And can I get to that? Yeah, but I was balancing that, meaning I've been doing this for you know me way back when over 15 years I've had a spiritual fitness practice in place I've been doing things but
1: but you haven't been put in a situation where I've you've had to
2: maybe really just put it out there I've kept it to myself well I think and so I'm gonna go back to heal grow and share this has been a healing process for me growing process and now it's time to share all these experiences and not know where it's going to go. Right. And podcast is one of those avenues and put out there that by sharing and just being honest, that something will come out of it in whatever manner. So we can continue or I can continue on this path and stay on this path and do these things. And I'll give you an example. It's, you know, I went and took a meditation course.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm doing that. And next month, I'm, I'm doing a uh, yoga teacher training course, which is going to be 200 hours of in, you know uh, yoga every single day mm-hmm. for a month. And it's the world I want to be part of. And, yeah, it is that balance of figuring it out. But I, this is where you have to be careful because I'm not telling anybody what to do. I. That's why I had to examine my journey. To your point, why did everything fail, right? Let's talk about the business. There was no heart in any of that, John. Zero. It was all about monetary, finding a business platform, which is good what we talked about. It was always in trying to help people, right? All the businesses were trying to help in a good had good intentions, but truly my heart wasn't in it. So I've been beaten down and... In this pain and suffering for a long time, that I have to do a 360. And so the fear and the failure is, of all of it, it may not work. <laughs> <laughs> again. Right. Again. I may be, it just is. This is gonna, <laughs> yeah, you might end right. up in the same spot where right. you're I trying mean, to get out of. Yes.
1: Hey, I think that's a big.
2: But I'm going for it. But <laughs> I'm going for it because this is what I love. This is passion. And honestly, it's what I know more than anything else in the world. All right. So I'm going for it.
1: Well, we'll follow the- I'm going for it. We'll see what happens. It's
2: our hoop dreams, kid. (laughs) This is our hoop dreams. Hoop
1: dreams again. (laughs) All right. So in a couple minutes, Martha Blessing will be dialing in and we'll have her shortly. We'll be back. See you soon. And we're back with Martha Blessing as our special guest.
2: Hello, Martha.
3: Hi, Chris.
1: Hi, John. Hi. So today on the Humble Warrior podcast, we have Martha Blessing. Martha is an author, speaker, medium, and medical medium who has helped countless people transform their health and their lives through her intuitive readings, consultations, coaching, workshops, and books. Martha has devoted 25 years to mainstream medicine as a registered nurse in community health, hospice care, and as the director of an Alzheimer's unit. Her latest book, God is a Pink Cloud, uh, she shares the spiritual mystical adventure and the practices that led her to reverse fibromyalgia and get herself out of a wheelchair when doctors told her she would never walk again. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast, Martha.
3: Thanks. It's great to be here.
2: Yes, yeah, your story is very inspiring, Martha, and um, glad you took time out of your busy day to join us.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
2: So,
1: I'm interested in understanding i I was reading your background and one in hospice care i re, I'm a big believer in hospice because my in the past five years, my wife um both her parents have passed and we've gone through the whole hospice process but i want to know how you've you made the transition from mainstream medicine as a registered nurse into this into becoming a medical medium and a spiritual development teacher and healer. I think that's really fascinating how you made that that transition. How did that happen?
3: You have no idea how fascinating it's been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, its It's been really, really interesting. And honestly, this, you know, it sounds a little bit corny, but I really followed the spiritual path that was sort of set in front of me. And... I look back in hindsight, and and there were pieces that I loved about nursing, Mm -hmm. but there were little light bulb moments that went off at every step. And so when I first got into nursing school, that was an answer to one prayer, and then I got injured working as a nurse, and that started a 10-year journey into daily chronic pain. Whoa. To having these three back surgeries, to having getting diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and when you have those sorts of things happening in your physical body and in your life, you start searching. Yeah, you you, you start looking for answers. And I really believe that everybody, ha- you know, this. I mean, it's obviously happening all over the country and the world. Um and things can happen so quickly and so easily that you might miss it. But I was just really, really blessed and, and gifted to be able to have something presented to me. Uh, something as simple as going and taking a yoga class. And then, then that led to me going up to Kripalu Center in Massachusetts.
0: And Mm -hmm. then
3: little things would happen there. And I said, Ooh, pay attention. And and it really happened because I didn't cling to to medicine i didn't I didn't cling to what they offered me and say, "Oh my god, this is it yeah. <laughs> and so each step along the way uh something something kind of divine happened, and I followed it i I was willing to be open in Come to find out, this was just m- my true nature, my my true path. Um, my grandmother, on uh, my father's side, lived at, uh, was a medium and lived at Lilydale Assembly in Lilydale, New York. It's a, a fairly well-known spiritualist community. And my father's cousin was a healer and a chiropractor in, in Buffalo and in Western New York in the early 1900s. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: And back then... I'm sure nobody knew what that was going on or that was that widely accepted back then or,
3: you know, what's really interesting. Uh, You can go back and Google a lot of things from the 1900s now, but you won't find, you won't find, I mean, you can go back and, and search the internet and find like physicians in the 1900s and their practices. You can't Google my father's cousin, because they didn't put signs up. They didn't have a, you know, Dr. Uh, G. Allen chiropractor. They didn't advertise. Hmm. There's very little information that we can find about him and his practice because it, you know, it wasn't out in the open, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and that's probably because of just the way society looked at it at the time, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it's it, not it, something it, that you it, want. You want to let everybody know this is what I'm doing.
3: Is were really considered witch doctors. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and we're seeing that still today. I mean, in a, in a way. I mean, it's being becoming more widely widely accepted, and um, it's one of the reasons John and I do do this show because of seeing the value like in the profession like you're bringing to out to the world that this this is this stuff works i mean this 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 is where we're going and the more education we can bring and kind of like i don't like to use the word dumb it down but to say you know folks wake up this stuff exists out there you can heal yourself you don't always have to do it the traditional way
3: mhm mhm people are still fearful though um, I, I still get a lot of that from people, uh, the fears that they have and the way they were raised. And that's a lot of what I go into with my, you know, with my private mentoring and coaching programs now with people is what I call the four season, the the clarity and the cause and the beliefs and the consciousness, because, and one of my mantras is, you know, you can't If you don't believe it for yourself, no one can get it or or find it for you.
2: Right. Like it
3: has to start with that belief somewhere. And unfortunately, so much of what people believe is that it's not possible. (laughs) Right. That it's something that you have to live with. Um, I also reversed a very rare, uh, was diagnosed with a very rare blood cancer. But even going back to that with the fibromyalgia and what I talk about in my book is there was just this little whisper and spark within me that allowed me to follow and believe in what was put in front of me. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And And there wasn't a lot of, you know, now yoga and chiropractic and all of these things are maybe not completely mainstream. They are. you yeah, yeah. yeah, are be yeah.
1: chiropractic. Yeah, I would say
3: they're um, chiropractic. You know, Dr. Oz talks about Ayurveda and chakras and things like that, but I get the sense that people see it more as a as a dabbling or an adjunct to something and they don't really believe in that power within themselves or that that energy and that ability within themselves to transform their reality
2: what would you tribute when you say that whisper that spark what would you tribute what what is that what does that mean to you uh
3: that is my soul okay that is my soul begging begging to be expressed Mm. out in the world
1: so do you was it we were, we just got done talking about <laughs>
2: he, he's gonna have fun with this and Martha you know me a little bit so John just go ahead I know where you're going no we go we just
1: <laughs> we, we go just ahead. got done talking about fear um and moving forward and not being paralyzed by fear and also failure and this little spark in your soul and, and hearing your voice what were you doing I mean it we, Chris and I are talking and Chris had kind of talked about in the past that spark was there but he didn't listen to it he was following a different path what led yeah. you what how did that 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 spark in you reveal itself so that you could or what were you doing so that you could listen to that and hear that voice
2: and keep going down your path
3: hmm. <laughs> um you know it's funny i have uh I have a Georgia O'Keeffe quote hanging on my wall, and it says, I've been absolutely terrified every moment of my life, and I've never let it keep me from doing a single thing I wanted to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it that really, truly, uh, I had to get into, I was so unhappy. Yeah. I was so unhappy and so emotionally void. Like how is this my life?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know how how is this my life? How did this turn out this way? And I like I just had to have answers. I had to I had to know I guess when something was presented in front of me I didn't know. I had no guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fear was a choice between staying stuck where I was, couldn't moving forward, mm-hmm. couldn't be any worse than where I was.
1: Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds kind of awful. But
1: why? After. It... Go ahead.
3: After a bit of time. When that happened enough times, and in the beginning the investment was kind of small. Right. Oh, I'll just go step over this way. A little, you know, it's only it's only one step, mm. and it really always is only one step at a time. But we we think we need to see. You know, like if you're going if you're going from New York to California, you you can't see from New York to California. You can only see from you know New York to Ohio. Right. It's just these little, and so the the fear. Truly, the fear, as I see it, is that God, Source, Spirit, Holy Spirit, whatever, wants to do us in. Oh. It's not having trust. Right. That it's going to turn out okay, and right. that it's a benevolent, good thing that you that you're holy and divine in your soul is and that there's a plan for you. Right. And that what divinity wants is way greater than anything we could think of.
1: I think that's really interesting because I love your analogy about if you're traveling from New York to California, because so often we want to know where we're going, what, how are, what's in front of me, and it's further down the road and the things that you can't see, but you want to see it. I want to see California. I want to see those mountains. I want to see the ocean before I even get there, and you forget about that path that you have to take and see everything that you're on that road before you actually get there. We kind of dismiss that because, for some reason, in our society, we got to get to the end. We got to know where we're where we're going to end up before we even start the the journey.
3: Yeah, hurry up and get there. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. and you said another word that that's very dear to my heart. That you know, as I go down this path is trust. And there's, there's a quote that I like is be your truth and trust that all is in divine order. And I think it's easier said than done, but for someone like yourself, you really, you really had no choice. You were going this way. And I think what you said that I'm picking up is it really all starts with each one of us to have that belief system within ourself that we are actually that powerful. Yeah, And for whatever reason, the stuff that happens to us or whatever, we lose that along the way, but we need to get that back. And, it's, and it seems like, you know, of all the guests that we've had, you know, each of us has an individual thing that gets our attention. Some it's a physical ailment that you've overcome or it can be whatever. But I think it's just, I think what when it, what's when it, when music to my ears, what you're saying is, you know, something brought you to where you said, you know what, I'm unhappy and I've had enough. And I'm just gonna have to put my belief system and trust in the way that we weren't raised, right? That it's all gonna work out. There is no map (laughs) that says go here, go here, go here, you know, like a physical map. But what you've done is you went somewhere and that led to somewhere else and that led to somewhere else and and it led to somewhere else because you had that belief system and now we're, we're fortunate to be talking about your journey here because of everything you've done.
3: Yeah. The mechanism is, is that trust. The mechanism is, I, I talk about and teach about the experience of us being in our physical bodies and, yeah. On, on several different levels. Number one, what, you know, for me, my path has been because I came through nursing and Western medicine, and that, you know, my ancestors are on that side of it. It's it's about changing the face of medicine in in my lifetime, helping to be a part of that paradigm shift, mm-hmm. uh, and teaching people to 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 use their physical bodies as an educator. You know it's an education if you have a symptom somewhere and to move towards it rather than away from it there's information in it, and right. that's one of the things I learned you know in that in that process with with pain and back surgeries and was to move forward and to listen and to get the message that message and could lead me to where the next step was or where I was you know falling down so to speak and we spend so much time thinking that the brain is the master organ that should be making the decisions, but it's really, you know, we have choice A or choice B on any given day or moment or, or when there's a dilemma or a choice to be made and we can make that choice better by tuning into our physical senses and seeing which I used to teach people in my store, they'd come in, they they couldn't decide which crystal to buy, you know. And I'd yeah. say, I'd say, you know what? Just stop looking at them. Stop. They sit there with their eyes and their brain focusing on it. I can't figure it out. You know which one? I said, you know what? Close your eyes. I said, first of all, give me those stones. Close your eyes, and just take a couple of breaths. Just. Take your mind out of the process. Just stand here grounded for a minute with a few breaths. And I'd give them back the stones and I'd put one in each hand. I'd be like, close your eyes and just stand there and breathe. Don't think about making a choice. Just breathe and feel. After a couple minutes, I'd say, which one of your hands feels like more happy and more excited? Which, which hand feels like you're loved up? And they go, oh, this one. I go, well, then that's the stone for
1: you. Right. That's a great story. I think, you know, it's a perfect illustration of the challenges that that we kind of face every day in that we are so accustomed. I know I am. I'm so accustomed to to facts and figures and black and white and things that are very tangible and that I can touch and I can understand. And when it comes to understanding ourselves and our senses and our emotions and our beliefs, it's something that you can't really, you can't, it's not tangible. So it becomes, it's, it's almost like this abstract thing that becomes difficult to comprehend And then you you say What I do A lot of times Say alright well If I can't understand it I'm gonna find The understanding for it I'm gonna find The real answer And sometimes It just takes Like you said Martha In this In that Example you gave Just Feeling it And I think That's kind of Where I know I Sometimes I just get lost Because I've been struggling A lot lately But I'm trying to feel more And Um I think that's just with a lot of people. It's a challenge. And I think what I wanted to go into was this idea of being a medium. And first, there's a lot of people that listen that are, are new to this space. Um, what is a medium?
3: Yeah. Um. So a medium is someone who has the ability, they've, they've trained themselves and, and we all have this ability, uh, it's a choice whether or not we turn it on or turn it off. Uh, it's the ability to connect with, uh, spirit to, uh, the other side across the veil, as I would say, uh, to other dimensions, and and communicate with uh loved ones who have passed on uh but it's also the ability uh to connect with other spirit guides that weren't necessarily say uh a loved one or someone that we knew and so i've had that ability actually since i was born um but i I became aware of it, really conscious of it. More so, it was intensified when my grandmother uh, died when I was five years old. Mm. And um, I started sensing messages and and things from her from the other side after she passed uh, when I was six. And that's very confusing for a six-year-old little girl. Oh, I'm
1: sure. Yeah, you don't um, know what that is.
3: Yeah, you don't talk about it too <laughs> <No>. much either.
1: <laughs> or if you do, your parents think you have an imaginary friend or what are you talking about, and they just kind of dismiss it. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah it, gets, it gets dismissed. And then um, it really became, uh, you know, came back. I really couldn't push it away anymore when I was in, in nursing school. Um, and that and that's really where the medical medium part comes in. Um, when I was doing my clinical rotations in the hospital, I would walk down the hall at Buffalo General Hospital, and as I would pass by the room, I would get a I would get a message as to the mental, emotional, or spiritual cause of the person's physical illness in that room. Mm. And that was um, pretty unnerving for the most
1: oh, part. I can imagine.
0: <laughs> it, it,
1: I now did you there. even realize what was happening at the time? Like was that still a very new sensation for you where you're like, why am I getting this information or what is happening?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I really I was like, Okay, fine, you know, but that's that's whatever. I'm not I'm not gonna be doing anything with this. Yeah there there was no inclination for me to do anything with it or and that's that's really truly a part of you know what what happened in my path in my healing journey was how my book got um the title god is a pink cloud was i was i had been hearing voices and i had you know been seeing colors and seeing auras and different things for a while but it really started intensifying and i started getting just more and more messages and seeing more and more Things and I was sitting in the um in my neurologist's office in a wheelchair, and he looked at me and he said, You know, I'm sorry, we know I'd already had one back surgery. And um, I described this this week of really it was like a mystical spiritual movie that I was producing, directing, and acting in when I, I, I sneezed in the shower one morning, is what happened. Uh, without giving away the whole story in the yeah. book, but I refused to go to the emergency room, mm. and so for an entire week I had this excruciating pain and I couldn't walk. And but I was getting all of this information and all of these messages, and it was just it really was like a movie. And then it kind of slowed down and stopped. And five six days later, I couldn't I couldn't walk, and so I said, "Well, I guess I really do have to go now." And I sat there in the doctor's office, and he said, "I'm sorry, this." This isn't like the last time where we just cut you open and fixed it. We, we can't fix this. Hmm. And in that instant, I saw this pink cloud come down and wrap around the doctor and, and like protect him and separate us and protect me and separate me from his words and his beliefs. And I heard a voice say, don't take this. You don't have to take this.
2: What is that voice to you? Uh, God, since God's the pink cloud, or when you say that voice. Oh,
3: absolutely, absolutely. I At the time, I thought I was having, like, uh, side effects of, you know, codeine overdose. Yeah,
2: you think you could be going crazy.
3: Yeah I, yeah, I really, truly did, but it didn't go away. And that, it was the most, again, this is that trusting the sense, trusting with your senses in your physical body and it was so real. It was so real. Hmm. But I could feel the benevolence. I could feel, I knew it was okay to trust this voice and to trust this experience.
2: And I have to keep asking a lot of questions because I'm intrigued by, by sure. all this um, and the voice. Because um, I can relate to some of it. Where, and for you it's God, which is good. Me too. Where do you think that comes from? Though, the heart, the soul, the where mind. Where does the
3: voice come from, yeah. or where does God
2: come from? Uh, both, because the voice and God are one, right? You're saying, where does that come from, though? I mean, where, where? So, for myself, I've I've described it as coming from the
3: heart. Um, A very subtle difference. I believe it comes through the heart, but it's the soul that's speaking. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay, it's through the heart.
3: Yes. I believe the energy and the voice of the soul comes through the heart. Cool. comes out of and, you know, and through the heart so that you know, when you know that it's the soul that's speaking, you know that it's, it's come through that vibration and energy and consciousness of the heart. And that, that is your God self, your higher self.
1: Is there a, a physical feeling that goes with that?
3: There is for me. Okay, <laughs> that's for me. I'm into, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, I can't universally say yeah. that what it is for anyone sure. else. I know how it is for me.
1: Okay, because I always wonder. I do a lot of thinking, and sometimes I I don't know what is kind of a voice versus my voice, just in my head saying, "This is where you're going." And I think it's a hard thing to separate between what your what your mind is telling you versus what your your soul or spirit is telling you.
2: And yeah, I would. What I was just gonna add to what John was saying, and maybe this is what I like hear you at Martha is, I think you mentioned kind of like when you're in the hospital in that pink cloud that that voice is just so profound you know, it's, you know, it's coming from a higher place. And I think, I don't know, I could just go from my experience. It's so profound and so powerful that it's like you love it and you want it to be with you all the time, but it's just not. I mean, that's from my experience, but it will, it comes, it comes. And that's why I was kind of going to John's point is I think the voice though sometimes maybe we misinterpret interpret the voice that's coming from the mind or the brain or, and how you distinct those two. But I think there is a big distinction. I just think, cause one is so profound over the other that, you know, it, I mean, to like you and I were saying is you, you, you think you're going, you, one could think you're going crazy.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, you know? I you know, the... when I sat in that room that day, and and what I can say about uh experiences, I mean that was many years ago, what I can say about experiences even like around cancer, um which was m- much more recent. Uh but that day, I I felt just such deep love. Mm. In yeah. that message, I, I felt this warm, soft energy just, like, hugging me and, and patting me on the shoulder like, it's going to be okay. It's going to, you know, it was just like, the only way I could trust it was that it just gave me so much, really a hug, like so much peace. I I really feel that that's what grace is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I just, uh, I was like, okay. Mm. Because, again, what was was the alternative? Like, here I was again in this really crappy place.
1: Right, yeah.
3: (laughs) You know, so do I want to listen to the doctor? Right, and believe that, or do I want to believe that there's really something different from this? Right i mean what's my what's my risk? Right,
2: right. right.
3: What's my risk? My risk to to not believe in is just sit in this wheelchair the rest of my life. It was kind of a no-brainer. Right. Even though it didn't make sense.:
2: Right. So you get, you hear the voice and you're in the wheelchair, this, this comfort comes all that comes over you, this deep love. What, what, what next can you, like, I'm not saying maybe immediately, but what, what were, what were your marching orders or what were, what, what put you, what did you do to get out of the wheelchair?
3: Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, rejecting medicine, rejecting, um, I spent a lot of time in, in meditation. I Mm spent a lot of time in, in stillness and some praying, some begging, some, okay, you've said this, so show me Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. Show me or tell me or give me something to do. And actually, I spent, I spent eight months waiting for, uh, you know, I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. I was home for eight months in a wheelchair. Waiting for my insurance companies and workers' comp, and, you know, they just kept going back and forth and back and forth. Right. And they wouldn't do a surgery because the doctor had documented that this was irreversible. Hmm. Hmm. So they kept arguing about it. And I had a lot, a lot of free time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sometimes, that's a great... Know, that's I couldn't really
3: go anywhere or do anything. I was in pain, a lot of pain. Yeah. And I couldn't walk. So I, again, to me, that was God's way of slowing me down and getting me out of my head and pulling me into my body. And learning to get the messages and learning to listen, you know, so years later I can teach this to people. But what actually ended up happening, and I would see the doctors and I would just say, You're, you, you are I'm going to be the miracle of your career. <laughs> That's what I would tell them. You know, and he'd look at me like she's crazy and that was it. But what really ended up happening was eight months later... They, the doctor said, I had. Uh, the reason why this was happening was my, my first surgery, I had an L4, L5 herniation. The second one, I had a S1. My S1, that, that little tail, uh, was shattered in the, in the spine, in the tailbone. And so they said, you know, there were fragments floating around, and it just it couldn't be repaired. But that makes my Something back hurt added. just hearing it right now. Yeah. Um, but I just kept doing my thing and doing my meditation and doing my practices. And then they said that they believed that they could reduce some of my pain by doing surgery on the L5 part. Uh, of that area. And when they went in to do the, the decompression and, and the surgery for that L5 disc area, they, they just found that what was on the scans of that S1 was not what was in my physical body. Huh. Hmm. And that it, it was intact. It was more of an intact than what they thought. and so when i came out of surgery i had my sensation back i had this is something that um i talk a lot about now in my classes and workshops and my programs and mentoring and coaching and that is the the four levels of consciousness and healing and what did i do with my meditations, with my practices, with my beliefs, how was I able to change the actual physical consciousness and vibration in myself? Right. Mm -hmm. Was I, was I able to, is that, you know, I, I can't say a hundred percent emphatically, but I do believe that that's what happens. And and we see that happening. We see documentation of those things happening Mm -hmm. despite Western medicine, not really wanting to go there. Right. Yeah. Um, even, even because, again, it's like you say, the black and white. Right. Yeah, That, that their world is black and white.
2: Right. There's science so behind it. so the black
3: it. and white x-ray said this is how it is.
2: You know, in a lot of ways that could be how people approach life, too. Black and white. I kind of use sleepwalking through the day or being awake and being present. I find your story very inspiring. Um, And I'm thinking about like other people we've had on the podcast and kind of relating it to my own story. And what's unique is we each have our own story, but it's interesting how God or whatever one's belief system wants to get our attention through some of us through the physical body, through me, which I was just, it goes with the show. It's like for the last eight to nine years, I failed uh, three startup companies, uh, I lost a marriage. I mean, God got my attention, and I was not going to go back to the way I was living. And in a way, when I stopped everything, that was kind of like my wheelchair to figure everything out. I mean, that's what makes this, what we do just actually unbelievably and cool. It's because like you said, we all have this intuitive or whatever it is. It's, are we, are we choosing to listen? Are we choosing? If B, if you're at the place of wit's end or unhappy, are we choosing to give ourselves a time out? And if we don't give ourselves a time out, someone's going to do, or God or whatever you want to call, is going to give you that opportunity for that time out so you can live out your life and live out your purpose and have a purposeful life. And it seems like that's what's hap- happened to you.
3: So, so the message I got right when you said that was, it's not a timeout; it's a time in.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> right, and, right. And what right. we're
3: actually, what we're actually doing is spending most of our waking hours in timeout.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Not
3: plugged in.
2: Got it. Got so it. So the
3: wake up call is that we're getting plugged back in.
2: Yes, and what I like about and I'm, I'm just going our stories to our stories. Cause what I liked about what I heard is when you're in this place, you already had practices in place and that's kind of, you know, our theme here and what we're trying to educate people is spiritual fitness. So you had prayer to lean on, you had meditation to lean on to get you through these difficult times. And what other, and that, and that's what's going to lead to kind of the next question, Martha is what it, What are your daily practices? What are your daily spiritual practices or rituals or whatever you want to call them that would say keep you in this time in way of life? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I am so, so, so lucky and blessed to have created a life around spiritual practices. And... um, (sighs) I have one of my friends since I I sold my store a year ago, and she's like, "Wow, you have such freedom, and you still get up at six o'clock in the morning." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm up at six o'clock." She, she can't imagine why I would be up at six o'clock when I don't have to be. <laughs> and it's like because I I number one I love those those wee hours of the morning, and and it is it, a sacred space in what the universe is. You know, the switch from the from the moonlight to the sunlight and the And the change in that, so I'm up, and I'm you know having my hot water or hot tea or you know something to get me going, and I'm in my meditation room i you know I have a whole room devoted to that sacred space, and the energy is just beautiful in there um and i and I talk about that being in the beginning, I learned about yoga, I learned about. Meditation, I learned about prayer, and it was a discipline. I had to discipline myself to do it. And eventually, when I realized what I was really doing, having that sacred relationship with myself with my soul, it became a devotion that I want to do it. So every morning I'm in my room doing um i'm I'm always doing a mantra of some kind
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um i I sit in meditation I can sit there for hours. It's hard for me to understand when people say they can't sit and they can't do it because i'd that's my place that's my connection that allows me to walk out of that room and walk out into the world and stay centered and grounded in my physical body and my presence and the truth, my truth. Mm -hmm. As I go out in the world, because what I see out in the world is different than what my reality is. In a lot of ways, when I see people living with pain, when I see people living in crisis. Mm -hmm. So that's what holds my North Star. Uh, my yoga
2: practice, and being out in nature. You mentioned, um, you're the first person, I think, and John, correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned something that's at the core of my practice that I don't think we've had another guest talk about this, but prayer and what that means. Because I think people, you know, I how did you teach yourself to pray, right? Because, you know, I don't think, you know, people, I mean, when they hear prayer, what, what, what does that mean? Like what, when, when you say prayer, what does that mean for you?
3: You know, that's a really good, uh, it's a good question because it's more of a conversation conversation than anything else and making a distinction, especially like when it comes to healing, it's, it's one of the things that you get on social media, get on Facebook and wherever, and I, especially my local community and you know, I've been in this healing community for 30 years and people will put up there such and such, you know, prayers, please send prayers, please, please send healing. Mhm. And I think to myself, you're already healed. Like they're they're praying praying for healing to a god or a source that doesn't even see them as sick. You know, so it it's a lot of times prayer I have found for a lot of people tends to be and I was actually a prayer chaplain two different two different times in my life. And sometimes the prayer only comes in desperation. The prayer only comes when there's something wrong, or there's confusion, or, you know, I don't know what to do kind of prayers. Versus having a conversation with with God and, and that divine energy on a daily basis. And to me, it's my, my prayers are most often about being aligned with the consciousness and vibration of the one heart and the one mind. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm being aligned with what that truth is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the center, at the core, center of my practice, that is at the center of my practice. And it was interesting because this came in first before the other stuff, meditation, yoga, reading, writing. The first thing that came into my practice was uh, at the age of in my mid-20s was I, I do the rosary every day. And I've been doing that been doing that for 20 years. And I think you said it and head, head on of what prayer is really all about. And for me, which started off as a discipline and just to do it and just to keep me on the path, eventually turned into conversations and a relationship with one may call source or God. This is totally from a non-religious perspective, but mm-hmm. it would mm-hmm. first start off as a discipline and then again, building into a relationship. And then it's gotten to the place where you do know where that voice come is, does come in you know it's from source or god or universe whatever it is and um, I think if you know the education or something that just hearing this conversation with you is that's the play I mean that is probably I mean the easiest place to start (laughs) it's just not knowing how to do it right meditation people get you know intimidated by that you know sitting for hours or breathing prayer you can do any time of day, anywhere. You can do it walking. You can do it sitting. You can do it. You can do it on the toilet. I mean, you could, you (laughs) you could do it wherever you need to do it. But I think what you brought up is a good point is I think prayer is the way it's been maybe taught is, Oh God, help me. I need to help with the situation, which is fine. But if that's the only time you're using it, then are you really building that conversation piece or however you want to do it or really tapping into the source?
3: It would be like, I give the comparison of, you don't see, you know, your friend Sally for six months, a year. You don't talk to her, you don't call her, you don't get together for lunch, you don't ever see her. And then all of a sudden you call her one day and you go, Sally, I'm having surgery. Can you take me to the hospital? Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, like how, she might. She might, but how likely is she to do that because you have not been connected to her for 6, 12 months? You don't, it's because you don't, not because she doesn't want to, but the connection, the energy, the, the vibration has not been there.
1: That's a good analogy. You might not
3: even remember who you are, you know. Right,
2: right, right. Especially if she knows billions right, of people. Right. I was going to say because <laughs> you know, Sally's pretty popular. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's it's really about again developing that friendship with the God that lives within you know, wanting to have that friendship.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. right.
3: And not, this is, again, what I'm teaching is the answer's not outside you, the answer's inside you. Right. you're never going to get it if you don't have a relationship with that inside you.
2: And I, I am... With, uh, with yourself. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I think this is... Part of when we talk about spiritual fitness and building a team. Okay. And this is going to go into my next question for you is sometimes, you know, it could be easy to say, Oh, you just have all the answers within. Right. But sometimes we need help getting there. And, you know, John and I have talked about this and I've kind of shared, you know, kind of my team around me of, you know, holistic professionals that help you get to that place for whatever reason, you know. Because we need sometimes information from people that can help us connect there. And mm-hmm. and I and that's correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that if someone's building a team, you could be a good team member in helping someone do that in part of your services and your teaching. Am I correct in in that? It, it, like-
3: absolutely that 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 you know I'll tell you what I did for for years I, I I got out of that physical pain I got out of the fibromyalgia I got out of all that and and you know how I did that and how I came through it was all these pieces were revealed to me and I ended up uh doing a lot of different trainings uh, becoming a, a certified Healing touch practitioner. I was a clinical Ayurvedic practitioner and had a wellness center and did all of this and saw clients for, for many years. And how I got to what I do now and, and why I do it and the way that I do it is because for so many years, people just came and plopped themselves down on my table or plopped themselves in the chair. And like Western medicine, they either want to be told what to do or told how it was going to be, you know, give me, give me the answers. Give me this. Mm-hmm. Boom. This is all I need to do right here, right now. Boom.
2: Right. They want the answer. And Hey, I was a plopper too. When I first started, i have been getting energy work for 15 years. I remember my first experience who this woman eventually became a, my mentor and a very good friend, but you know, it's I just wanted to, you know, tell everybody I was a plopper. I mean, this this is a journey we're talking about, so keep going,
3: mm-hmm. Martha. Yep. Yeah. So, what happens though is that they, you know, when they come in and they plop, you're the fixer, right? And so you have to go back to the belief at that level. And their belief is at that level is that everything is outside of them and someone else has the answer and someone else is going to fix it. Which, granted, the Reiki is valuable. It's it's wonderful. Uh, The acupuncture is wonderful, but honestly, it's not going to produce a different result than Western medicine if they don't change the belief of who's in charge and what the outcome can be. Because they just keep going with an idea of fear and surrender every time they plop themselves down.
2: And let me tell you, this is a great conversation because I'm going to go back to my plopping days. Going down this journey and building my team and the way you're describing it is perfect because what was happening to me is I was going under, I was working with a bunch of different modalities and I was like, oh, I'd go do this one. I do this one. I do this one to find the answer. And what I was realizing was happening over time is you're right. I was not, I was also giving my power away. I didn't realize how powerful I was. And the, the professionals around you, any, this is, and I think this is what's important because what you said, and this is what John and I talked about. How do you find somebody that you really want to work with? And I think would, well, I'm telling you, anybody right now, and you know, I Martha, you're going to give your information here shortly is I would recommend Martha because you're coming out of the gate saying to the person you do have the power within and i'm just a teacher or healer or whatever you know one calls themselves to help you get there and i think when someone's going down that path to change or or maybe look at like trying this type of um this path or holistic healing whatever you want to call it is this is a journey the spiritual journey it's a journey it takes time it's not a quick fix. And if you find a professional that is telling you you have the power within and they can help you, that's a good start. So, and I guess that's going to lead to my next question, Martha. You know, we have listeners all over the country, men and women. Do you do stuff over the phone or are you just seeing clients in an office or how do you work today?
3: Um, actually, most of my work is over the phone or via Skype. Um, I'm very, very blessed to to have gifts and talents to be able to uh, do readings and to get information, doesn't matter how far away somebody lives. So I do, uh, I start out with doing a reading, what I call spiritual prescription, because I tap into, again, if somebody has, uh, you know, fibromyalgia or back issue or uh, whatever even fatigue or cancer i get the i get the mental emotional and spiritual cause yeah. how and this is what i do with what i call the divine healing blueprint and and my mentoring program working with someone people what i learned in my practice for years was it was such a disservice to have somebody come in for one session and i go here go do this that's what the doctors do and people need in, especially in this, a step-by-step plan. They need to be taken by the hand. They need to be had accounta- have accountability and take, okay, baby steps. I'm going to do this first, and then I'm going to integrate that, and then I'm going to do this next, and then I'm going to, you know. So it is the spiritual, it is a spiritual journey, but I don't believe that the healing has to take a long time that we can learn these. I reverse cancer in two months. Wow. So, so it can happen very, very quickly. But gotcha. So you have to have a plan. And if you keep yeah. just going to practitioners and, yeah. and, and they just, you get confused. You're like, well, which one, which one's right? Which one do I do? I can't do all of this. It's too expensive. Right. It's too this. It's too that, you know, and it's true because you don't see a lasting result because you're not in the equation from, from within.
1: Right, right.
3: So that's where I start. I start with readings um, with people on the phone, and and then we go into getting clarity. Where am I now? How did I get here? And where is it that I want to be? If if I'm not where I want to be, where is it that I want to be? And having that definition, you wouldn't just get in your car and start driving to California. You would make a plan. The people really, where I found where people were falling down, was there was no plan.
1: Right,
0: right.
3: So it's it's getting that clarity, getting to the cause, getting to the consciousness and the vibration, and how do I shift this? How do I shift this vibration or this consciousness? And then having having the courage, having that courage to stay accountable to yourself and stick with it, And I do find a lot of people, you know, that's why I start with that. I I use it against them. I absolutely do. (laughs) Because in the very beginning, we set our goals. You set your goals. And then when they fall down, I pick them back up and I say, okay, now this is what you told me that you wanted to do. Part of the work that we do is values. Am I? If these are your top five values, when you make a decision that isn't based on your values, you're going against yourself. Right And then you're piling guilt and shame on To an already bad situation Right So it's having somebody there that You know lifts you back up And reminds you of What you said you wanted According to your values According to your plan Hmm. And getting you where you need to go Where you want to go
1: That's great So Martha if our audience wants to get In touch with you What's the best way to do that
3: uh they can go to my website marthablessing.com okay or they can email me martha at marthablessing.com
1: awesome and we will post that link on our on our podcast page and as part of the show notes
2: And um, it was a
1: wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being on our show.
2: Absolutely, Martha. Thank you. I totally enjoyed it. Absolutely. And um, I know we'll stay in touch and, uh, you know, we'd love to circle back at some point and get you back on the podcast and hear how everything's going with you.
3: Awesome. Sounds great.
2: Great.
1: And if you want to be online to know when the next episode of the Humble Warrior podcast is live, you can subscribe to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at The Warrior Pod, and like the Humble Warrior Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
2: And can I add something, John? Just out of the blue. Okay, not planned. Yeah. Go yeah, with this. Yeah, go with it. Listen, the stories that we have are very inspiring, you know, like Martha, we had your friend, um, Pat. Pat, Yeah. If to any of our listeners out there, if you have a story that's inspiring that you've overcome and you want to share that with us, where could they where could they email us, John, to see if we can get one They of, can
1: uh, email you at chris at chrisforte.com.
2: Great, because we're looking for, these are the stories that we need to hear, people overcoming obstacles and doing it a different way that maybe we weren't taught. So if you have a story you want to share, email me at chris at chrisforte.com, and we'll do do what we can to get you on the show.
1: All right. Until next week.
2: Live brave.
0: Join us next week for the next episode of the Humble Warrior Podcast. Subscribe to the Humble Warrior Podcast by visiting chrisforte.com.